Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jody Arias back in courtroom for the upcoming retrial in her penalty phase. Now, Arias' first trial, as you know, was broadcast live, but the judge denied that this time around, ruling that no footage could be broadcast until after the final verdict. But now some lawyers are hoping to get that changed. Fox 10's Troy Hayden joins us here with details. And Troy, we're talking about First Amendment and the public's right to know. Right? Yeah, a couple of the arguments here, John. Phoenix television stations are saying, look, we're not asking to broadcast this trial live, which some of them did last time around. We just want to be able to show bits and pieces on the evening news, like with any other trial. That's one part of the story today. The other part, the interesting thing Jody is now apparently selling online. Jody Arias appeared in court today just briefly, acting as her own attorney for the last time, and then officially quitting, giving the case back to her two original attorneys. They argued against letting local television stations broadcast highlights of the trial every evening after court ends for the day. An attorney for the TV stations, including us here at Fox 10, argued that this trial should be treated like any other, where cameras are almost always allowed. And the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office shared this letter exclusively with Fox 10, denying the request of a documentary filmmaker who said Jody gave her an okay for an interview behind bars. The sheriff saying, quote, it's not in the community's best interest to play into her hands and glamorize this inmate, her crime, and her tale of woe. And Jody herself getting a lot of people talking by auctioning off the glasses she wore in the courtroom during her trial. The website being used to auction her artwork has also now listed the glasses, claiming they're authentic, with a beginning bid of $500. The auction closes just before her new trial begins. How would those glasses get out of the jail? She got them out of the jail facility, probably in a legal visit. And so, I mean, they're, she's doing all kinds of things to make money, and I'm sure this is just another one of her little deals. For the first time, we also got a look at Arias' shorter hair. She apparently cut off a portion of it to give to charity. Her trial begins two weeks from today. Reporting live, Troy Hayden, Fox 10 News. And good evening, everybody, and thank you for joining us today here on King Jordan Radio. This is King Jordan you're listening to. Today we have an all-star team to discuss the uh, major trials that are going on uh, in the world. First of all, uh, guest number one is a body language expert. She's also a jury consultant. Based out of Orlando, let me introduce to you, ladies and gentlemen, Mrs. Susan Constantine. Good evening, Susan. How are you? Okay, let me uh, try that again. Okay, two. Uh, good evening, Susan. How are you? <laughs> okay, I'm just having a little technical, little, little... We'll get there. Just give me a second. I apologize, Susan. I, I, I see you there, and I will let you in. In the meantime, let me let in um, criminal defense attorney um, out of uh, Connecticut. He also uh, was a part of the uh, court TV back in its day. 
Um, she has a uh, great book out uh, called, um, what is the name of the book? Uh, called, uh, uh, How Do You Defend Those People? His name is uh, Becky Sherbet, and uh, he uh, joined us uh, now. Uh, good evening, Becky. Uh, how are you? It's King Jordan out of New York. I'm good. I'm good. Are you, can you hear me okay? Yes, yes. Hello. And now let me... Yeah, I'm good. Let, let me... Go ahead, Mick. Okay, now let me introduce uh, Susan. I already gave her the introduction. She's a body language expert out of Orlando. Um, Jerry consulted, has a great website, susanconstantine.com, follows all the trials. Susan, uh, good evening, and welcome to King Jordan Radio. How are you? I'm doing great, King. Thanks for having me. Okay, uh, Mr. Herman has not called in. Uh, I don't know if he called in, Richard, but uh, maybe he'll uh, uh, email me and tell me if... uh, uh, if he did. But in the meantime, uh, let's get to the uh, uh, Jody Arias retrial uh, retrial of the death penalty uh, phase. And uh, I want to start with you, Mickey, first. Uh, do you think it's necessary for them to uh, go ahead and have a second retrial for the uh, death penalty phase? Because I had uh, Dwayne Cates here last week, and he said... Uh, uh, when you get four votes, uh, it's not really necessary to waste taxpayers' money, etc. What's your thoughts? I totally agree. Plus, the appellate process will go on long enough, and it'll cost the, mun- the municipalities there too much money. It's not worth it. And all you're going to do is play into her hands by letting her do uh, merchandise uh, more of her stuff. Okay, uh, Susan, you're a body language expert. Uh, what's your take on uh, the retrying uh, of that, of the uh, penalty thing? Well, I think that they need to do their due diligence. But here's the thing. You know, when you look at the death penalty here, it costs the taxpayers more money to to get them and keep them on death row than it does to keep them in prison for life. So when you look at it from that respect, you know, I mean, we're spending millions of dollars on these trials. You know, at this point in time, the greatest thing we could do with Jody Arias is keep her in prison for the rest of her life. That is probably the greatest thing that we could do because she's never going to be able to see the light outside of her, her cell room for the rest of her life. Totally agree. Okay, we do have a criminal defense attorney uh, based out of New York, but I believe he might be in Vegas probably. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, the legendary uh, Richard Herman joins us now. Good evening, Richard, and uh, how are you? It's uh, King Jordan out of New York. Can you up? We're having a little more technical issues. Uh, I will try again. Uh, But uh, continue your point, too, as I try to get Mr. Herman back on. get Mr. Herman on the uh, show. Are you talking about the death penalty here? You want to continue talking yes. about that? Well, you know, it's just amazing to me when you look at the numbers uh, keeping somebody on death row. I don't think that people really realize how expensive it is. So we're, you know, really got to think about, you know, you know, Jody Aries has already been found guilty, guilty of murder in the first degree. At this point in time, she can sell all she wants to. I don't care how many pairs of eyeglasses she sells or T-shirts or her hair or anything else that she's in there trying to auction off her money. She's not going anywhere, King. She's in there for life, period. So whether her life ends 
sooner than later. You know, it's going to be a minimum of 10 years or so before she didn't, and with all the appeals and so on, it's going to continue to rise in price. Is it really worth it, Mickey? What do you think? I, I, I'm totally uh, in agreement with you. The problem is that the public wants to see it because it's like watching an accident on the interstate freeway. Uh, Everyone wants, wants to see what happened, what's going to happen with the, uh, with the pretty girl. And uh, she's, she's eating it up. Don't forget, every day that she's in trial is, is another day that she doesn't have to be sitting back in, the, in a small cell. So there's no reason yes, for um, to, to go ahead with this. Okay, yes. I do want to bring in conversation. Uh, Richard Herbin, uh, I don't know where he's at in Las Vegas or uh, New York or Idaho or wherever he is. Uh, good evening, Richard. How are you? Hey, King Jordan. How are you? Awesome, awesome. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on this uh, Dream Team uh, night. Uh, we were just talking, as you know. Uh, uh, I was asking the panel if it's really necessary to retry um Jody again and waste uh, money of, of the, uh, the taxpayers since, uh, as Susan pointed out, she's going to die in jail probably. And uh, and Dwayne Case uh, told me uh, that, look, you know, it wasn't like one juror held out. There were four jurors that held out last time around. What's your thought? Well, I, first of all, I'm honored to be on the Dream Team with Susan and Mickey. Mickey, my dear friend. And uh, I, don't, I appreciate I don't. that. Hey there. All right, Nikki. Hi. Um, here's the, here's how my take on it is. If they could have made a deal with waive all her appeals in prison, I mean that would that seems like the way to go on this case. However, however, and not speaking morally, because in the civilized world, a lot of people do not believe in the death penalty. But it's on the books. It's legal. It's there in that jurisdiction. And if it's there, and it's on the books. I can't think of a case where someone deserves it more than her. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're taking it to the extreme, and they're, they're, they're going to ride it out here. And uh, I think she's going to get the death penalty. I really do. Mm-hmm. There's only been 14 women, I believe, uh, Mickey, that uh, have been sent to death row. And the, the number of males is, like, astronomical compared to that. Are you going to ask me to name them? <laughs> they, told me, they, they told me there would be no math in this. I'm really, you know, this is really. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you who deserves the death penalty more. I, I, I'm not a big believer in the death penalty, but every now and then we we convince ourselves that we should get rid of the death penalty. That sober minds prevail. That the system is too flawed. That we're going to kill somebody who's innocent. So we say we're going to get rid of the death penalty. And then along comes a case like we had up here in Connecticut, Cheshire. Where yeah, doctor's the, home was invaded, his wife, fire. his two Absolutely. daughters were raped and murdered. He was hit over the head with a baseball bat left to die. And I'm telling you, prisoners in, in, in every jail right here were lining up to vote to have these guys executed. It's, it's what I call the end of the end of the death penalty. Every now and then mm-hmm. you get a case where everybody wants the person to be killed. I don't think uh, Jodi Arias is in that category. She's kind of a freak, a freak show. We're just facilitating her, uh, selling her crap, that's all. And Susan, I want to go to you. Uh, being a body language expert, what do you make of Jody Ayres? What do you see when you, you know, watch her testify? Uh, what, uh, what comes to mind uh, with Jody Ayres, as far as you're concerned, as being a body language expert? Someone that has no soul. 
you know, when you look in Jody's eyes, it's just vacant. It's dark and it's vacant. And when I look at Jody, I see self-deception. I think that she has believed her own lies to it has become her own reality. There's no doubt that we have a psychological or borderline personality disorder. But when I look at Jody, she is able to, in a, in a high level of narcissism here, to be able to hold back her emotions. She has lied so much to herself that she can have a completely flat affect that people can't really read into her. She can lie like I have never heard anybody lie. I tell you what, I thought that what <laughs> Casey Anthony could lie, yeah. okay? And I sat in that trial and I was sitting there and I'm going, I can't believe these these lies. You know, I mean, how can she remember all these names and are you talking events about the, and, are you talking about the defendants of the lawyers? I represent that remark. Oh gosh, but I I just I just see a person that's completely vacant with no soul, and that's the only way she would be capable of doing what she did if she didn't have any connection with her own her own soul. If she had to one be her, away from it. One of her biggest problems is, is is this, and I was not a fan of the prosecutor. And if I was in that case defending her, I mean, it would have been a bloodbath because he was just a bully going insane, and the judge couldn't control him. But I have to tell you. The way they laid it out and the way they went through it forensically with him at the mirror and her attacking him from behind Mm -hmm. and him trying to run away and her continuing to stab him and stab him, that stood out in my mind. And if I'm sitting Mm -hmm. on a death penalty jury and this woman went insane, and and Mickey's right, she's a freak show, and he took advantage of her, I, I do believe that, and he's no saint, and I'd say that, I've been saying that from day one, he, he added, you know, fuel to the fire with her. But her conduct was so outrageous. This guy suffered. He got mm-hmm. hacked up. He knew what was happening to him. He knew he was dying, and she continued to go off on him. And uh, they didn't go for any sort of um, mental in- 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 incapacity or any kind of defense like that. They didn't go for insanity with her, they, which they should have, I think. They they let it ride and... Uh, and maybe she wouldn't allow him. I don't know. But uh, mm-hmm. the way that the facts played out and the, and, and the scenario is going to play out again in this portion of the trial, I, I think it's bad for her. I think it's really bad yeah. for her. You know, one of the things that and I want to uh, – go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Richard. Uh, well, Richard one of the things that I, I want to – <laughs> we keep talking uh, about me, I don't mean to do that. What was your take on uh, the uh, judge, uh, Judge Sherry Stevens, uh, and how she ran the whole trial uh, over the, well, it was like six, seven-month trial, I guess. Uh, what was your opinion of uh, Ms. Stevens? Who are you putting that to? Back to you, Richard. Well, I, you know... Any time, and Mickey will tell you, when there's a bully prosecutor in there, and they can really turn off a jury, except in this jurisdiction, they loved him. They fell in love with this guy. So uh, the judge could not control him. He asked, and, and uh, he got away with questioning. He got away with intimidation. He got away with witness badgering. And the judge just let her rip like she was, you know, silently cheering him on. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I did not think. Yeah that she was objective up there. I, and, and most, let's face it, most judges are not purely objective. They're former prosecutors. But the point is, is that I thought he was out of control. Well, that, that's the reason they and, stood up on that bench, because there's, 
not enough chairs at the prosecutor's table. <laughs> I miss you, Nikki. I miss you, brother. Let me tell you. It's always so easy to diss a judge from another jurisdiction. I mean, I, I don't practice in Florida, so I can say all the crappy things I want about it. It's great. Mm-hmm. Well, Judge Perry just uh, retired, uh, the one who did the uh, Casey Anthony uh, case. And uh, let me start with you, Susan. What was your take of how he ran the courtroom uh, back in 2011? Uh, you know, he was great. You know, I, I got the opportunity to sit in that trial through the I entire agree with time. You. And, you know, he's such a class act. And, you know, it's interesting. You know, he may kind of look like he's kind of seated, seated, seated back and he's, you know, as if he's an observer. But let me tell you something. Underneath that table, his legs were just shaken, you know, with anxiety, not with, not with uh, um, a negative side of anxiety, but he was just, you could see the anxiousness. And when he heard something he yeah. didn't like or that he was taking control, you could see him sit straight up. He was so much in control of that courtroom. It was such a, so much fun just to watch him day after day. I thought he did a brilliant job. And look at this. Out of re- he's coming out of retirement after this case. What a legacy to leave behind with that case behind him. Brilliant, man. And, Mickey, what was your take of uh, uh, Judge Perry? Uh, yeah, I, I, I like the mask. Did you take any selfies of him when, he was, uh, when you were looking at him under the mask? <laughs> I mean, that, that, that looks intriguing to me. I mean, I know your body language expert, but I mean, I didn't realize you take it to that extreme. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, well, you know why I could see that is because when he was feeling uh, some anxiousness or was he ready to, to uh, you know, jump in there, you could see his shoulders shaking. So you know that his legs were shaking underneath. And, yeah. and that's all that is is just energy it's not as anxiety but it's not negative anxiety there's just you know he's on his game you know he was up on everything nothing passed by him and uh, i thought he handled that courtroom brilliantly i think that he uh also too you know he commended both sides you know that they really ran the trial went extremely well with a everything of all the free, he handled lot, the publicity yeah, well a lot of judges do that just to kind of be nice people uh and it, sometimes yeah I'm just saying it's one of the only jurors that juries that actually listen to the jury instructions from the judge and apply those instructions, if you think about yeah. it, because that was an easy case to convict her on, I'll tell you. Well, it was interesting watching. He called Jose Baez a, quote, used car salesman. He said that's what <laughs> Jose Baez minded him of. Uh, uh, what's your take uh, of uh, Jose Baez? Let me start with you, Richard. Well, I I really wouldn't allow him to handle a speeding ticket for me. I thought he was that inept. <laughs> but in the same breath, I take my hat off to him, and I say this guy won one of the biggest cases that we've seen in yeah. our lifetime, and that was a slam-dunk yeah. conviction there. So at the end of the day, yeah. although I thought he was incompetent, he won, and he, he won that case, and, uh, and uh, you know, I tip my hat to him for that win. That's about it. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. all that counts. You have to understand. There's no great right. test in our business. And you don't get credit right. for doing a good job. You don't get credit for trying hard, for doing a really heck of a job and getting close to winning. You only get credit for winning. And if you lose, God help you. Exactly. Yeah. But it was a very smart move, Richard, to hit, for him to bring in uh, Cheney Mason. I, I think we spoke on, on another show. Uh, you would agree with well, that, right? Yeah, Cheney is... Uh, you know, he's a very uh, well-respected local attorney there. He's been around for years, 
and uh, he comes, look at the two different personalities between both of them, you know. But uh, let's face it, Cheney is, was a great asset to have there, but Baez was the trial attorney. Baez was the one who fought with the prosecution, who, made, who went after them, who showed passion, who showed concern for his client. And, uh, you know, the jury mm-hmm. bit into that. And, uh, look, again, I tip my hat to him. He, he won, and like Mickey said, that's all that counts in a criminal case like that. Yes. Well, oh, let me share yeah. something that I observed. In the trial, right. one of the things that I wanted to, to speak about was is that Jose Baez did a phenomenal job visually walking people through um, all of the experts. At the very end, at the closing argument, he had the greatest display of, of photographs of every expert witness that from the beginning of the yes. trial to the end and discrediting you know, what the state's attorney, uh, state's uh, uh, experts were saying. And he visually took them through a journey, and very much like how Ermi did. You know, if you think about it, Ermi did the same thing. I mean, the graphic photos, it was a visual imprint that would never leave those jurors' eyes ever. And then remember Ermi when he stopped that moment of silence about the killing? Uh, you know, for a right. for the, what a minute and a half, you know, he connected with them, and I think that Jose Baez did the same thing, connected with them visually, and hit them right there in their feeling and their gut. And the two and combination that, was powerful. And not only that, Susan, the the prosecution team was horrendous. I mean, they were horrible. Both of them were horrible. I agree with you. Oh, I mean. Well. It was painful, <laughs> to say the least, to watch the state in that case. And uh, he's retired, uh, the, Mr. Ashton, I think you're alluding to. But yeah. uh, the, uh, another case uh, was uh, uh, they rendered their verdict, and they uh, they did all this work to, to get one count, uh, Richard. And I'm talking about the uh, Michael Dunn thing. They found them guilty on that charge that, they, that Angela Corey wanted to get done. What's your opinion of uh, the prosecutor bringing this back and uh, uh, that, that case? Uh, I thought that Angela Corey still licking her wounds from Zimmerman, so she wanted to get her... Uh, her day in the sun here. The guy's already getting 60 years in prison, going to die in prison. But, you know, she went after him on this count. And from what I've been watching and reading about the case, there's one smoking gun, not the one that he used to shoot with, but there was a smoking gun in the case, and that was his girlfriend's testimony because she testified in discussing it with him from the time he came home to the time he was arrested. And he told her what happened. He never once mentioned that he thought he saw a gun. So that testimony looks like his defense was, was staged. It looks like that staying your ground defense that they tried to put up at the end there was staged and made up for the trial to try to save him. The jury just didn't buy it, and the guy obviously was wound up real tight that day. And to open mm-hmm. fire on a car like that, you know, is bad. And uh, they rejected it, and they convicted this guy. So... Uh, he will certainly die in prison. That's his fate. Who's in your take mm-hmm. on that case? Well, the Michael Dunn case, one of the things that he says that over and over again, I'm in fear of my life. I'm in fear of my life. But you know what's really interesting about that? There's no fear in his eyes when he's talking about it. Rather, <laughs> you know, so, you know, if he was truly feeling fearful, as he said he was, 
there are certain characteristics in a facial expression that would show and emulate true fear. So when I see this disconnect, when you're saying with your words, I am fearful, and yet I am not seeing it, but I'm seeing poutiness and, and breaking his, his voice as if he's crying, which is sadness, it's a complete opposite from fear. So I'm not buying it. I don't think the jury is, uh, jury bought it, obviously, because he was found guilty. And guess what? He's going to be away for the rest of his life. Again. I wonder if Nikki, uh, if the, if the guys in the next cell have the radio on too loud, I wonder what's going to happen in jail. <laughs> I mean, geez. You know, the guy, yeah. I, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm no body expert, but that guy looks so guilty. He's, really, really, he does. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. he does. Guilty. You know, the thing is, you just look at him and, and you just can feel this arrogance yeah. about him, this, this smugness. It is, I mean, he ten, just doesn't look likable. Ten, Ten white on this jury, two black on this jury. Last time there was four mixed. You know, it's it. The evidence was overwhelming, and just Wouldn't the whole scenario different. of a guest. Would you, you turn your music control. down? Get back in your car if you don't like the music. <laughs> like, I mean, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. The whole scenario is insane. By the way, do we know what the music was? Uh, the, who the artist was? This <laughs> it was Jay Z. It was Jay Z. I heard it was Jay Z. Was it was it really Jay Z? I don't. Know. I heard it was Kenny G. <laughs> Kenny G. <laughs> he said they deserve to die. Elevator music. Uh, <laughs> if, if he was less than Kenny G in that bar, then that's, that should be another case. But uh, uh, the Blade Runner uh, didn't get convicted on the most serious charges, uh, Richard. Uh, what's your thoughts on uh, the judge and her ruling but, as she found them just on that? that other charge, and she will uh, sentence him on October 1st, anywhere from nothing to 30 years to house arrest. You have to understand that this guy in South Africa was bigger than O.J. Simpson in the United States. I mean, he's a superhero in South Africa, number one. Number two, I thought, if you stand on the roof of a building in in midtown Manhattan during... uh, lunchtime, you start throwing bricks over to the side of the building, and you happen to kill some people, you didn't intend to kill those individuals, but your conduct was so reckless that you do get charged with murder and get convicted of murder. And here, when you go to sleep with your girlfriend who's next to you in bed, and you hear a noise in the bathroom, and I know that there's a lot of problems in South Africa. I know his house was broken into in the past. I take all that into consideration. But the fact is, your girlfriend's in bed next to you. You hear noise, you get up, you don't say, honey, are you okay? You don't, you're telling me you don't know she's not there, and you see there's noise coming from the bathroom, which is obviously your girlfriend, and you come up and open fire on a closed bathroom door. To me, that was so reckless, that in and of itself gives you a conviction of murder, even under South African law, they have provisions for that. And this judge, in my opinion, completely blew it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Susan, well, what do you think uh, about the judge and the, everything, uh, how it turned out? Well, you know, certainly he should have been found guilty of something. I'm not an attorney, and, you know, you guys are great you know, you've got two great attorneys right here to tell you what they think about it as it relates to the law. But what, you know, what I'm saying is, first of all, we had no jury. We only had the judge. The judge is who makes the ultimate decision. We did not have a panel of jury. Uh, a panel of jury. 
So we've got one person's opinion after reading or listening to all the evidence. But here's the thing where I had a problem with. It's just listening to Pistorius's uh, story, uh, there was just way too much irrelevant information. I mean, when he was describing what happened, you know, when something dramatically you're fearful, you grab your gun, you don't know who it is, you know, they, most often you don't remember all these details. Rule number one in deception detection, the, de- the, the what is this, the devil's in the details. So he gave us way too much information. It was lots of irrelevant stuff, and it was too detailed. And the lack of real authentic emotion. You would think that the judge would be able to read all the way through, even though they can't take that necessarily as, as evidence. But you would think that she would be skilled enough to be able to read between the lines and realize it just wasn't making sense. It was what did you think, Nikki? Overkill. Well, I come at it from a different angle. First of all, I like the judge because he called him the lady, which is just something different. <laughs> I just love it whenever everybody calls call him. I, just, I, I keep wanting to do that in court up here in Connecticut. Uh, and I just may do it. So when you should be getting killed in contempt, you know what? If so it was a guy, it'd be my lord, you know. Right. Again, that's one thing, <laughs> one of my irrelevant uh, aspects here. The other thing is he has a severe handicap. He's got no legs. You get a discount, life discount. Whatever you're guilty of, it will be one shade less. That's my, that's my theory of justice. And the, and the other thing is, I think she just wasn't convinced. I think she just didn't have a hundred percent feeling that, uh, that that he was guilty. She, she voted her conscience. Mm-hmm. The, the most compelling thing, however, is how do you shoot a girl that hot that you're sleeping with? Because <laughs> I mean, she's getting ready to dump him. That's why and go back with her old boyfriend. That's what is there evidence for that? Oh, that's not here. <laughs> didn't come in. Didn't come into the case. <laughs> well, that, that's my point. You just don't shoot up an extraordinarily hot woman, especially when you have no legs. I mean, these are basic rules of life. <laughs> As told by Mickey Sherman. Oh, How do exactly. I defend these guys? <laughs> King, aren't you glad you invited me on the show? They announced today that the uh, movie theater shooting out of Colorado will be televised uh, to the unlikeness of uh, all of the victims. Uh, Richard, uh, and we'll start, I think, uh, in the springtime, but in any event, what's your take on uh, them uh, showing it, uh, you know, for the viewing audience? Well, you're going to see an insanity defense play out on TV, and we'll see how it plays out. This guy is, uh, you know, he's set set traps in his apartment when he left that day. He had full full metal jacket, you know, full uniform on. I mean, he went there with a purpose in mind. So, uh, And these people are never going to forget that whole incident. It's a very tough case to defend. Do any of you folks know uh, Steve Mick- Brillas? Do you know who Steve Brillas? Yes. Steve, yes. Okay, I, I, I ran into Steve and his wife last night at a party in Mississippi. Steve invented court TV, and his vision was that justice in the dark is not justice. He really wanted to create it, and I'm not making any jokes, as more of a cinema verite. In other words, whatever you saw in the courtroom, that's what you saw on TV. The commentators, back, back then, there was 24 hours uh, coverage. We, you, you do four hours, four hours, four hours, and the last, and the evening hours would be the piece, kind of. But his idea is, is, is what you will see with this televised trial. People will get a better understanding, a better feel for the justice aspect of it. And I think even the victim's families will be, will be more 
uh, embracing it than they should be now in terms of seeing how the justice system works and how the self-factory turns it out. Uh, Susan, uh, your take. You know what, uh, I have to tell you, I, I have not followed that case, guys, so I don't really feel this is something I want to comment on because I don't think I can contribute mm-hmm. to it because I have not followed the case. Yeah, like, that was very like big. Richard uh, and I know, like Richard and I really know what we're talking about? Just jump in. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself, brother. Come on. <laughs> my reputation on the line. <laughs> I uh, I've got local people here from New York, but I did I never got a chance to ask uh, Richard his opinion on the uh, Staten Island uh, a murder from the uh, NYPD uh, with that guy Eric Gardner, and now they're I believe they're uh, uh, doing, they're in a grand jury to see if there's enough evidence uh, to charge that cop. What's your take on that situation? A ham sandwich. Jordan, a ham sandwich, okay? That's what they get indicted, a ham sandwich. So, and who think, did that? Uh, I don't know. Who did say that? The judge who went to jail, the uh, federal, the, uh, the chief administrative judge of New York, uh, incredible judge. You know who it is? Uh, no. Nope. What did he go to jail? What did he do? Uh, stalking. This this socialite uh, uh, woman. You, oh you guys, you, you have to know. I can't believe I can't think of his name right now. But he's the one who who who, uh, who created that uh, that uh, thing expression. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, your your pal over there, uh, Mickey. I think you heard uh, the cannibal cop is getting a uh, his thing is being overturned. He's getting another trial. What's your thoughts about that? We're just so whenever whenever somebody's a cannibal, we just treat them so unfairly. I'm looking for a joke there, frankly. <laughs> the cannibal. Who is the cannibal cop? Which which one is that? The guy who. That's the guy who didn't actually do anything, but he um, like wrote stuff on his computer that how he wanted to eat women and. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mickey, don't say anything, Mickey. Just listen to him. I know. I I I knew all of that. I just wanted to hear King say it. Well, I think I remember that case, and he. And is it something that he had been fantasizing, fantasizing about doing? I mean, yeah. I think this was, never this actually was quite a while ago. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's been yeah. over time. That just means. Uh, yeah, yeah. That just means you're getting another know. trial. <laughs> uh, of course, that just means he gets another trial, and uh, I don't know. Would you think uh, he deserves to be convicted, uh, Vicky? Yeah, eventually. He'll, he'll never get past the creepiness factor. But oh, the my question God, is, yes. did, did, did he ever, you know, carry out any, any of the uh, things he talked about on the computer? But so they'll, they'll, they'll make up something to, to convince him of. No question. Yeah. It's too creepy. Yeah. Hey, King, Susan, Mickey, I got to run. I'm so sorry. I want to do this again as soon as we can. I really enjoyed being on with you guys. Okay. Well, well great. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, Richard. And uh, I do want to get some plugs in for uh, both uh, Susan and uh, Mickey. Uh, Mickey, of course, has a phenomenal book. And uh, how do you pronounce that book's name, uh, Mick? How can you defend those people? Like how do you defend those people? 
No, how can you defend those people? It's the question that people like me and Richard always get from everybody. Right, right. Okay, and that's available, of course, uh, in Barnes and & Nobles and uh, Amazon and, and, it's been, and, and it's been optioned for a TV series or a movie. So who knows? <laughs> okay, and Susan, you have uh, courses and you have a website. Uh, why don't you explain? Because a lot of people want to okay. know like uh, about language and stuff like that. How could they uh, go about doing that? Yes. Well, if any, anybody is interested in learning more about human behavior as it relates to body language, they certainly can take the course. It's called Evaluating Truthfulness. You can find it on my website. It's a, a course that is designed for attorneys and mediators and judges, and it's a, what we call a continuing legal education course, and it is certified in over 30 states. But a lot of salespeople, people on leadership, those that are even, you know, that are even interested in finding out their spouse is cheating on them, people buy the course. So they can certainly uh, purchase the course through the website. I have a book out, too, which is The Complete Idiot's Guide to Reading Body Language. It's just a, a short, fun read if somebody's interested in kind of dabbling. But here's the thing. Tomorrow, I want all these good vibes coming this way because I'm casting for a TV show on, um, you know, a, a new a reality TV show where they need a body language expert. And uh, it's, a, it's about some bad business deals. So I can't tell you too much, but at 2.30, everybody send out some really powerful energy out there because I'd love to be able to share people the secrets that I know. Good for you. Good. Uh, where are you doing this, in uh, Florida or New York or L.A.? Well, it's supposed to come out. Of, it's either going to be filmed in L.A. or, or here in Florida. It's an interesting. It's either one or the other. And uh, so it's uh, the same uh, production company that um, – produced or put the cast and created the show for The Apprentice and The Prophet. Um, this is the same group. So they just called me random. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So tomorrow I'm casting for it at 2.30 via Skype. And uh, so I'm putting my best uh, foot forward. So we'll see what happens. See what be aggressive. Pardon me? Oh, be wow. aggressive. These people want to see, they want you to act like game show consult, uh, contestants. I'm serious. <laughs> yeah. You've got, you're going to be you're going to be just very very animated the entire time. Yeah, I tell you what, lots now, of energy, you, you know. <laughs> on your website, I caught they were showing uh, one of the trials that was on Court TV, uh, where you defended somebody that had, I believe, PSD or something like PTSD. that. And it was the, it was the first yeah. trial on Court TV back in uh, 1990. It was the hmm. first trial. A Vietnam veteran shooting uh, yeah. a drug dealer, and you can you can catch a uh, Dateline version of it or the Meredith Vieira CBS version of it. It's all on uh, my website, uh, MickeySherman.com. Great, I looked yeah. you up, Ricky. Too. I'm checking you all out today. And uh, and you got that person acquitted fully, right? Would I talk about it if I didn't? <laughs> you lawyers are good. You lawyers are good. But me and Susan were talking. There was just not enough trial coverage on uh, TV. I mean, court TV a couple of years ago was just like, you know, Casey Anthony 24-7 or Conrad yeah. Murray or Casey Anthony. It's just, it, it's there's nowhere for uh, people to that have that, uh, you know, urge to watch the trials. I mean, you turn it on all the, with all the respect to the other shows, it's not really about trials anymore. And uh, that's sad because uh, 
a lot of people are into it. I know there's a great website. Uh, I don't know exactly the name of it, so I'm sorry, uh, but uh, uh, there is a, a good website with Beth Karras is a uh, part of. Uh, but uh, besides that, like I said, there's nowhere to find uh, uh, good trials. They don't even show it live uh, anymore, you know. Um, so mm-hmm. that's a shame that they don't have in session slash court TV. Uh-huh. Uh, which, uh, Mickey, you were a big part of, right, back in the day? Back in the day. Uh, that's when, when, when I was like, much younger than me. With uh, Ricky uh, Kleeman? I, I, started, right. I started before before Ricky, actually. Uh, I started before Nancy. Oh. I used to cover Nancy's trials. Nancy's crazy trials. Fine. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Dan that's Abrams, interesting. Dan Abrams used to get us coffee. He just got out of Columbia. I really miss those. I miss Court TV. You know, it was uh, oh, those were uh, the good days. I, it was just phenomenal. I'm just so sad to see it go. Really? And you, you know, Vinny's not there anymore, and Ryan has moved, and oh. you know, all of our where's our gang? You know, I kind of feel. Uh, abandoned here, you know. I go to I go to HLN and I go. Where is everybody? You know, it's just completely changed. So, well, who is everybody? Happened? Who is everybody? More like it. Who are these people? Uh, you know, with uh, all the respect to you know a lot of good ones there, but uh, it's like you said. Uh, there's a cast of characters who I have no idea uh, who uh, who you know who they are. Besides, of course, Joey Jackson, Michael Anos. Obviously, uh, Michael Anos, a 25-year veteran uh, on the uh, HLN slash CNN network for many years. So give him props and Joey Jack. I'm on the uh, Nancy show next Tuesday or Wednesday, actually. When is it? Tuesday or Wednesday? Next Tuesday. When is next week? I forget when. Uh, Nancy's been on the air. Because whatever she's doing, she's doing it right because I think she's probably the longest out of, out of the three shows that are their, quote, main shows uh, with uh, Jane, Nancy, and Dr. Drew. Nancy has probably been on, uh, what, over 10 years, I guess? Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you, she started in 1991 when she we worked with uh, Johnny Cochran in uh, Court TV, Cochran and mm-hmm. Grace. Uh, and then uh, but she's... She, a lot of people don't like her. They just think she's too caustic and she's too mean to defense attorneys like me. But people who know her, I mean, really know her, you would just not believe that she's the nicest person you've ever made in your life. Yeah, and that, I, and that I, is I saw, so true. And people just, they, saw, they, just can't, they can't believe that. But she really is. Her. I could just tell you a story oh, that you, you, you would not believe. Her. When she was on our studio hall, she was a sweetheart. When she was on Dancing with the Stars, she was a sweetheart. But uh, when she was fighting with Alex Sanchez the other day, that was all out war. <laughs> but uh, absolutely, uh, get the book uh, with uh, Mickey's book. Definitely check it out. Mickey, thank you so much for joining us. Okay. Uh, Susan.com, thank you Susan, so much meeting. for joining us. Thank you, and you too. All right, keep thank in you, guys. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Thanks, guys. And, of course, we'll be back. We will be back here Tuesday at 8 p.m. Uh, for more uh, shows. Uh, 
Tuesday at 8 p.m. And we will have uh, Joey Jackson and Tom Mendero coming up soon this month. So stay tuned for Team Jordan Radio. I want to thank Mickey Sherman, uh, Susan Constantine, and uh, Richard Herman uh, for giving me an awesome, awesome show. Take care, everybody. We'll speak to you Tuesday. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.